Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest today who I'll bring on in just a moment. It's a fairly new student. We hear from the listeners to this show. Maybe you're watching on YouTube. You leave us comments like, hey, would you play some of the newer students or maybe just getting started? We see these big numbers and these successful businesses. And I want to hear from some people who are just kind of going through those initial struggle stages, what it's like, asking those newbie questions in some cases. And even if you're very experienced, with your e-commerce business. You've built a robust Amazon business, perhaps at this point. You're going to find today's guest inspirational and educational. He asks me some great questions. He gets me on a couple rants. <laughs> I apologize in advance about private label and why I believe that it is a terrible idea to try to build a private label brand on Amazon if you are brand new to selling on Amazon. He talks a lot about the Replens VA program that we have at provenreplensva.com and how helpful that virtual assistant has been for him. He's got a goal and he thinks he's got a roadmap. And I tend to agree to have a million dollar business and it's not going to take him that long to get there. He's got a full-time career working a bunch of hours every week, but he's squeezing this business into the cracks of his life. And he's seeing incredible results because he understands the Replens system you've heard us talk about so much around here. ProvenAmazonCourse.com is the course that you use and you go through the training. That We've got many different ways to grow a business on Amazon inside the Proven Amazon course. There's dozens of modules, but the one where we start new sellers and the one where Merrick, our guest today, Merrick Slater, the one where he started, the one we encourage 99% of all new students to start is the replens model. You're going to love how he describes, breaks it down, where he's finding his inventory, how much money he's making. He asked a few philosophical questions about the business model, gets my opinion on a few things. We talk about Walmart a little bit today. It was a great episode though. Uh, one other thing, just to set this up, he does talk about the wholesale strategies that we teach in the Proven Amazon course, including Mr. Rich Potter, who created that content for us. We talk about the the great workshop that Rich holds. Let's take a link to that in the show notes as well. If you want to go check that out, it's an in-person workshop that we do every few months. We we'll actually go out to Rich's place, see his wholesale business operating. It's all on a replens foundation, but he's got a warehouse there, his team. You sit down with him, you meet them, you hang out with them in person, and you go through the whole process. Pretty incredible opportunity. Again, link in the show notes for that. But let's get my guest on here. I think you're really going to enjoy the this genuine curiosity, the momentum, the positive energy from today's guest, Mr. Merrick Slater. So Merrick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. Appreciate it. Truly a pleasure. I'm looking forward to jumping into your story, man. Let's go ahead if you're ready. Well, okay. So I guess uh, I've been very entrepreneurial by nature pretty much most of my life. About uh, probably 15 years or so ago, I started and launched a website. It was a very niche type of a product. Failed miserably. Oh no! Sounds I, expensive. I yeah, yeah, it was pretty expensive. It's it's uh, it's a learning process, I guess. Uh, what that kind of taught me is that I needed uh, some coaching. I needed some path. I needed some place to be able to put my trust into uh, to move forward, knowing that I'm a tech guy by nature as well, and I know that this is where the future is. There's got to be something that we can do. There's got to be some way to capitalize on the technology that's happening in the world. And I'm really, really happy that uh, I believe I found it. That's awesome, man. I love it. So that brings us up to 15 years of history pretty fast if I'm following you. 
real <laughs> fast, real fast. Well, I work a full-time job. Uh, I work uh, sometimes 50, 60 hours a week. So I have really limited time to be able to put into my Amazon business. Yeah. But what I found so far is that I can work things sort of on my schedule and I can begin to build uh, sort of on my own schedule and, and still not take any concentration away from what's feeding my family at the moment, you know? Yeah, right. So you get your full-time gig and obviously that's your career and it, it, you're doing well there, but you're looking for this. I like the terminology or the, the word image of, you know, fitting it into the cracks of your life. And it doesn't necessarily slow down your momentum to pay a little attention here, a little attention there right? There's some things that have to be done every day and you're settling into that because we haven't shared with folks yet. You're only about what, three months into your journey at this point, correct? I am about three months, not including my first month where I was in Delia's boot camp, which I thought that was a fantastic way to start. But surgeries and other things that uh, that I had going on with my, my full-time job got in the way and I couldn't complete the boot camp. So I redid the boot camp a second time. So I really don't count that first month. Looking at my numbers, I really don't want to count that first month. I think I right. sold like fifty dollars. We're like two months in. And for those who don't know, when you get the proven Amazon course as a new student, we give you the option to get a boot camp for just a few dollars. I'm not even sure what we charge. It's, it's very few dollars, but it's like a group experience, right? Well, maybe you could talk us through it. What happened in that boot camp experience? Well, I think what Delia concentrates on, and I'm not sure if she's your only coach who runs the boot camp. She's but not. She's... We've, we've got a few. Okay. So I know there were a few, Jessica was in there in a couple and Lisa was in a couple, uh, but Delia seemed to have run it both times that I took it. And really what she hits the hardest is honestly what I think is one of the things that a brand new person needs the most. And that's stop trying to understand everything and just do it. Just send something in. Maybe you screw up. Maybe you don't. Maybe it goes great. Maybe not. You're not learning anything until you do it. So stop procrastinating. Don't let anything get in the way. Just do it. And that's really the focus of it. It's really, really a great start. Yeah. Get that first item sent in. What was the first thing you sent in? I'm curious. Oh, God. First thing. Oh, believe it or not, the first thing I sent in was a product from that failed website 15 years ago. (laughs) Believe it or not. It was long expired, but I had a relationship with the manufacturer and I was able to get it at a cost that nobody could get it else. Nobody else could buy it at. So it just, to me, what did I know? You know, I didn't know anything about Keepa yet. I didn't know anything about researching product. I just figured, hey, I can get it really inexpensively. Mm-hmm. And it's selling on Amazon right now. I found the listings. Had no idea that four drops a month meant that I was going to sit on it forever. Right. Right. But that was my first product. But you know how to do the research now and you know how to read the keep it chart. And as a, as an experienced, educated, replin seller, you may never even take a look at that product. But as a first product, did it? Did you say it actually sold? Are you sold a few units or? Oh, no, that was, I sold a couple of them, but that was right. my first experience with right. a removal order. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good experience too. You send something in, it doesn't sell. You don't want to start getting charged storage 90 days later. And so you bring it on back home and it's not that expensive to do or complicated to do that, right? But those are all things you need to learn. Yeah, I love it. And that is the focus of the boot camp is just to get folks through those first few uncomfortable learning, you know, speed bumps. You have to, everyone has to go over. And some people can drag that out for months. So we're like, you know what? Let's just put people in a group and push them through those first boxes you have to check 
And some people find that very valuable. We're getting great feedback. We haven't been doing it that long, maybe six months or so, but uh, the people who do go through it are reporting kind of like what you just said. It's nice to have someone there to say, yeah, just stick a label on the box. Yeah. Just put it in the mail. Yeah. Just do it. Check the box, go. Uh, So you've, you've learned the system. Yeah. There's an additional really nice benefit that came out of that boot camp, and I'm not sure if it was something that coaches had anticipated happening, but uh, myself, along with four other people, built our own little group. Yep. And, and today's Monday, right? Tonight we're getting together on Zoom. We do it yep. just about every week, once a week on Mondays. Yeah. This is not a plug for that. It's a nice, tight little group. It's people helping each other. None of us are more experienced than others, but sometimes just when you get a second set of eyes looking at an issue, you can solve a problem. Absolutely. Well, we're very intentional about that. And yes, it was built in intentionally, hoping that that happens. We love to see organic masterminds form out of anything and everything that we do around here. Uh, About the only place that you don't see a whole lot of that type of activity is in our 70,000 member Facebook group, because otherwise it would become just a steady stream of constant, like, hey, who else lives in Spokane, Washington? You're like, we can't have a thousand of those every day. So we encourage it to happen outside of that big arena, but pretty much anywhere else where we gather as a community, like you mentioned, you know, the fast start groups, the kickstart groups, or the live events that we host, or anytime we have like a specialty course that has live interaction. We've seen a lot of masterminds pop up out of those, just people you build relationships with and and we encourage it. And on that note, Merrick, I'm not sure if you're aware, maybe the listener isn't aware, in our big Facebook group, the 70,000 group, we do have a feature where, this is actually a Facebook feature, where if you've put your, your zip code in your profile, your personal Facebook profile, Facebook kind of knows where you live, they know your address now, you can say who lives near me in this group. A lot of the larger Facebook groups have that feature where you can say, you go into the member area and say, okay, who else lives near me? Then you one at a time, reach out to them and create kind of a local meetup of some kind. A lot of people in our community have done that as well. We encourage that for sure. But uh, yeah, we'd love to see those groups form. And I'm glad you mentioned that. It can be a huge boost and a confidence booster. And you, you just shouldn't try to do this business alone. You can be an island. It, uh, if you do try to do it yourself, you're bound to make a lot of mistakes. It's hard to stay motivated with something that you do really by yourself as well. Absolutely. So that's kind of what I like about the big group. That's why that's why you'll see me commenting on things every single day. Even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to try mm-hmm. because it helps reinforce things in my head. I'll ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's why you stood out as a potential guest for the show too. You're you're enthusiastic. You're seeing some success, as we'll get into. You know, you haven't been doing it very long, but you're starting to engage. And obviously, you've got some leadership qualities. You you know, told me a little bit about what you do for a living and in, in sales, and you're used to talking to people. You're going to do great with this business opportunity as time allows and schedule. I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, it's going to be a process to build, but I I'm finding that I'm developing more and more. More and more thoughts in the way of process and and how I envision building my business. And it's it's, it's understandable now to me that not everybody's going to run the same path. Right. Not everybody's going to do it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a cookie cutter by any means. There's a system that works, but where you source your inventory could be from just any number of thousands of places. That's what makes it unique. And that's why it's such an expansive opportunity. If we had everybody selling the exact same widgets and we were teaching them, hey, go to this store, buy this product, sell, you know, that breaks instantly. It becomes saturated. But there's, it's such an expansive 
concept. It's learning to recognize good inventory from bad inventory. If you'd had this training 15 years ago, for example, it might've been a different story. Oh, <laughs> those, it would've been a way widgets, different right? story. What does the market want? Now let's go find it. Instead of, I think I'm going to make the market want my stuff. That's a hard hill to climb. And we don't let our new sellers climb that hill. You get, you got to get some experience before we'll go there with you. Is that, sorry if this derails, but is no. that the reason that uh, you really steer people away initially from, from private label? Great question. I love the softball question. And, and this is tempting for me to go on a rant here and I won't do it. I will encourage people to get into the Facebook group and there's a post. Ask <laughs> for the right. post if you haven't seen it. because They go into great detail. But in general, yes, we're hitting the nail on the head. Your odds of success as a new seller trying to launch a new private label product, build a better mousetrap, or just even a, a bundle under your brand or a rebranded popular product with your label on it. Anything that's new, you're setting up a new listing on Amazon, your odds of actually making money on that are about 5% at best if you're new to the Amazon platform. So we don't allow our students to go there. Actually, in the industry, most people teaching Amazon courses do start people there. Reason being, you can sell a five dollars to $8,000 course and justify it because it's a complex, extended, lengthy process. But at the end of that process, very few people are left standing making even break-even money, let alone a profit. So we don't go there. We start people out putting money in the bank, learning as you go, kind of like with daily in the that boot camp experience, the kickstart experience, right? Like just send in a product, get used to the process. Now we'll find some profitable products. Now let's get into wholesale. Now let's talk about branded bundles. Now let's talk about launching that brand now that you understand the process. So it's a it's a slow, steady path into slightly more complex, slightly riskier, slightly more profitable territory as you go. And that's the shortest version of my answer to that question. I could go off on a tangent on any of that. I think it's, we've seen just so many comments from people that have just gotten so burned and mm -hmm. they, they can't even afford to get started now because they literally threw all their money at somebody. Yeah. And yeah. it's sad. It's Tens really of thousands in many cases, and they've got a garage full. And you're familiar with the garage full of widgets you can't sell story. Uh, but they actually bought someone and paid a lot of money in a course and spent a lot of time in a community that's now full of people saying, hey, wait, this isn't working for me. Is it working for you? No, it doesn't work for me either. <laughs> right? Which is why I'm so proud of this podcast is it's just it's a parade of people who are saying, hey, this works. Can we guarantee it's going to work for everyone? No, your work ethic, your schedule, your you know ability to absorb the content and uh, you know, sometimes things just don't work the season of life you're in. But man, we've got a lot of people that it does work for. And we're proud of that. And uh, that's the only podcast in e-commerce I'm aware of that follows this format that we're following today, Merrick, which is, hey, meet our successful students. They were happy. Yeah. There's a bunch of you. Well, let's get back into your story, man. I want to hear what you're doing, what you're selling, how it's going. So I started as just about um, pretty much all your other students start with looking for replans and getting really super frustrated and not seeing anything. Right. Digging in and really feeling like, hey, I'm searching everywhere. I'm looking so hard. I'm not finding anything until I really started to ask myself, am I really looking that hard? And I realized that I wasn't. And so when I started to put a little bit more effort into it, I did get that sort of that that click that whatever it is that clicks 
you've said it before, other of your coaches have said it before, where all of a sudden you just start seeing replants everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's, it's almost like they appear in front of you. It, it's something crazy. I'm not quite sure what that click is, but it did begin to click. Mm-hmm. And well, you I, just had a you had a very self aware comment you just made. Am I actually putting in the time and energy here, or am I still kind of waiting for this to be spoon fed? And that you know, and there may be a, a little cynicism in there, as I say this, having taught thousands of people. But there's some people who genuinely put in the time, effort, and energy in the hours, and it still doesn't work. I'm not belittling them, but if you look at enough listings on Amazon and you spend enough time going through the course. It does click at some point. And like you just said, and hundreds of guests on this podcast have said, there's product everywhere. So continue that. But I was just, I really wanted to recognize how self-aware what you just said really is. Some people never get there. Yeah, well, it struck me that I was getting to a little bit of a depressed point like a lot of new people do. Yep. And, and it's understandable when you are working so hard for something and you can't succeed at it or you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, you haven't had that proof of concept yet. Right. It's hard to continue doing something, but at least in my case, I recognized that I really wasn't putting enough effort to earn that. I really didn't earn that. So once I did, I started to started to see a little bit more. Once I began to feel a bit of comfort with sourcing, you know, sourcing some products, just whatever. I mean, I've sold some wacky you know, those uh, blenders in a bar where they make the mixed drinks, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm not selling that. You know, the cup where they make the, they pour all the alcohol into it, right? The right. big blender cup. I'm not selling that either. I'm selling the top, the cap. <laughs> the cap that goes on the top. The, the thing that they put on the blender. Yeah, I'm with you. Gotcha. And there's some, and as a matter of fact, it's not even the cap. On the cap, there's a rubber outside and then a little piece on the inside. And I'm selling that little piece on the inside. Yeah. Like it the most boring, yeah. The uh, the product does not matter. You can't overemphasize that enough to to new sellers. Yeah, you find stuff that's in demand, flying off the shelf. Maybe other sellers are already selling it, and you can hop in there and sell it at profit too. That's what a replan is. Boring, unusual. You know, one of ours is a little bar of steel. It's a little bar of steel. Like what? We sell a few a week. You, know, you get yes. hundreds of those replans rolling and you're making five, 10, 15, 20 bucks a sale after all expenses. That's a business. Yeah. It's amazing that my, uh, my prep center, the guy from my prep center called me a couple of days ago last week and said, he asked me, hey, what do you want me to do with this thing? Whatever it was. And I was like, I don't know. Did I order that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you don't even look at pictures of the product anymore. I don't. I'm looking number. at the pictures, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, just doesn't matter. And that is fascinating to me because we're building businesses here looking at at data and we're letting the data drive everything. Yes. It's phenomenal information data. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that, and it just, I'm creating a new visual in my mind of kind of a bell curve of all business opportunities, right? We're often with kind of a bell curve. And on one side, you'd have people who would say, don't sell anything or do anything until you're passionate about it. And it meets a need inside your soul and you feel called to sell this product, right? That's one side of the bell curve. And I'm not knocking it right now, but I, what I am saying is that I don't spend a lot of time over there. I spend a lot of time saying, what does the market need? How can I provide that? It's not about me. It's about my customer, right? Over on the other side of the bell curve, you've got totally data-driven. What is the market begging for? 
that I can provide at a reasonable price and make a profit selling. I don't care what it is. That's this business model. In the middle is a mixture of the two. I always wanted to open a restaurant, but it looks like I'm gonna have to sell some food I'm not really excited about. You know, that's the middle of the bell curve. It's kind of an interesting visual for folks maybe as they think through this uh, this model because absolutely it's data-driven. It's looking at charts, graphs, numbers, and you don't have to be a math nerd to do it, but you do want to make intelligent decisions based on the numbers that are right in front of your face. We show you how to find those numbers and how to read them. Well, to your point, I got really passionate about that product that I was selling on the website. It was the best product in the industry. It was the most effective. I was getting it at a great price. And where did I go with it? Yeah. Well, quite often that's where you end up if you start with something you're passionate about. It's an uphill battle to convince the rest of the world they should be passionate too. Yeah, well, passion's great, but it's not everybody else's passion, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, so hard lesson learned. But I think our culture kind of pounds that into us. Not to get too derailed by it, but we really do. We tell our young people, like, find something you're passionate about it and you'll never work a day in your life. I'm like, I think that's horrible advice. I think Find a way to serve others effectively and become passionate about that. Take your passion with you, as Mike Rowe says. Don't pursue your passion. Take it with you, right? And go serve well. And then become very passionate when you see a line of customers thanking you with dollar bills in their hands, which is what money is. It's a certificate of gratitude. You can become passionate about anything if people are excited about what it is you're providing them. Um, that's just my perspective on it. I've, I could get into a debate on this with some people I love and they love me too, but I, I'm over on that end of the bell curve. It's like, hey, what do the customers want and need? As long as it's not immoral, unethical or against my you know, Christian standards or something I don't want to have to handle, I'll sell it to happy customers who are excited to pay. So that's, that's my strategy. But let's keep it to your story, man. Let's keep it rocking. Okay, so I started building a, a decent, decent replants business. And then I started to begin to see, well, I fell into the scenario that a lot of new people fall into, and that's the reserve and the money held back, and why am I not getting paid? And so, right. you know- Well, we'll talk us through that. Talk Pardon us through me? that. What you, how much money was Amazon holding and for how long? Ah, they were holding, I think at one point, my total available was showing us like $6,000 and it came payday and they put like, in my bank. Yeah. It was just something ridiculous. So then somebody in the group, again, you know, this group has been so ridiculously helpful in in learning. You can't ask people with Amazon because they just, they're too busy. They they can't answer all those things. That's not something you open a ticket for. So somebody explained about it and explained it very well, pointed me with references to the timetable of when and how things, how your money gets released. And I started watching it. And actually, as I was having sales during the day, I was watching, okay, here's where I am right now. But when I make one more $40 sale, let's see exactly what it does to the numbers. And I got obsessed. I was trying to figure it all out. So during a little bit of that lull, I recognized a few of the other things that to me, I would prefer to look at as opportunities to build and to change and to make a little bit better, which is what sort of propelled me into taking Rich Potter's class, mm. uh, the wholesale class. And it's one of the modules in the proven Amazon course, the proven wholesale sourcing. It was just. I believe it was on your post, something in the group where I said, that is transformational thinking. And I really believe it is. He is doing 
far from teaching people how to fill out an application for a wholesale account and praying <laughs> that you get approved. Yes, right. And then, you know, just getting depressed if you don't. Right. Random wholesalers, Google wholesalers near me and right. just sending out random. No, that's not the system. That's what a lot of courses out there actually teach. Um, but talk us through it. If you were if you were trying to convince someone to go through that course, how is that approach to... And again, this is the replens model. It's just applied to the wholesale arena. His approach seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong at all, uh, it seems to me that it's a wholesale approach, but almost as a replens hybrid. Mm-hmm. And so let's keep our mentality. Let's keep the thinking because replens is... I challenge anybody to show me how replants is not the most incredible business model. How can that fail? I literally like I'll challenge anybody because it cannot. That idea just can't, you can't beat that idea. So now let's take that idea and go into wholesale whereby we can now purchase as much as we want of a product without any issues. We can provide the proper documentation when Amazon loses some. We can, just so many different ways, rather than I find that uh, when I'm doing my OA orders, I find that sometimes I'm spending upwards of an hour per order because I'm looking around for coupon codes and cashback and different sites that I can buy it from. Well, what if I could spend three minutes and place the order through a wholesaler that I've already built and established a relationship with? How much more of my time can I free up and what would I do with that time? That's sort of the idea that, that I like about it, about Rich's specific format. What he's doing is separating himself and his process from the rest of the crowd by saying, don't just go blindly Googling wholesalers in Elmer's school glue. Don't do that. Everybody is going after that. Yeah. You're not providing any particular value. You're not providing any particular reason that that wholesaler should want to do business with you. And therefore, you're not really, if you do get approved for the account, you're not really building anything. You're not really building a relationship and nothing that's sustainable. But if you go at that wholesaler with a true business proposition, a value that you can provide to them, something that they have had challenges with, and you can meet and greet those challenges head on. You have separated yourself from everybody else. You have increased the likelihood of of getting an account open. You've benefited everybody. And man, you are just, when you do it that way, you are seriously taking it to a new level. Now you're not just some guy hawking product on Amazon. Right. Yes. Now you're providing value. Yeah. Did that answer the question? Absolutely. It did. I was just, I mean, that, that it's your perspective. And again, I, I love the perspective of new students. Just to remind everyone, you know, you're in full month number two with a full-time job. And these are things that you're learning and you're developing your perspectives on them. Uh, so the thing I would add, especially if someone's new and they're like, I don't even understand what's so special about replens and this whole process, what makes it so different and so predictable we teach you how to recognize, how to pour over Amazon, basically. This is like a, you're a shopping customer and start to recognize with a couple simple tools, Keepa being one of them. Go listen to podcast episode 369. If you don't know what Keepa is, I won't go too deep into it, but it starts to show you, hey, there's some potential here. So Rich Potter's approach 
is to look for companies that we know are wholesalers, not just individual products randomly spread out, but they have a wholesale component to them. Maybe they're coming from a wholesaler of some sort. Maybe there's typically already two or three other sellers on that listing. You're not looking to bring new products to Amazon. You're looking for underserved listings is the best way I've come up to say it. Underserved listings. So of the tens of millions of listings on Amazon right now, millions of them are underserved, meaning another seller could hop in, get some sales at a nice profit anytime they want to. We teach you how to find them. And when you're doing with wholesalers for the benefits that you just listed, Merrick, and several others as well, including the fact that, uh, for example, you may not have even processed this yet, Merrick, but if you've got a business that you're buying the same products over and over again from a set of wholesalers that have kind of locked you in as one of the only few people they'll work with, well, that's a sellable asset of a business. Whereas if you've got a business that's hitting the clearance aisle every other Saturday at Walmart, and you go to sell that to somebody else, you're like, what's involved in me running this business again? I got to go to Walmart every Saturday and hope they have clearance aisle stuff. Like you, you just, you can't sell that business, right? So you're building, so that and 30 other reasons, it is one of the more attractive ways to grow a replin business, the wholesale. And it's, it's one of dozens of strategies that we teach, but you've quickly gravitated towards it. And it is a powerful strategy. And for those who don't realize it, Rich is one of the great guys on our team. He, he, did a presentation for us at the conference here recently. People just love his content. He generously rolled this whole course into a proven Amazon course, but he does still teach a three or four day to $10,000 approximately price tag, something like that, including travel and everything. But you go hang out with him and his team and his warehouse for three or four days in Phoenix and people just rave about that experience because he's got a multi-million dollar operation set up around this model and, and he's a machine, standard operating procedures and the details and you see his inventory. It's quite an experience. But he did generously, like I said, roll that program in. So we're we're super excited to be partnered up with him on this. But uh, yeah, you, you explained it very well, Merrick. And uh, yeah, I just filled in a couple of gaps for folks, hopefully, but you're doing a brilliant job. So talk us through your business. How's it going? You've sourced some stuff. You're selling some things. You're squeezing it into the cracks of your life. Talk us through it. Well, squeezing it in the cracks of my life is really the most difficult part. So I pretty quickly... Once I felt comfortable with sourcing myself, I pretty quickly jumped onto the, the VA program. Mm. And Kyle has done a, a just a ridiculously good job of making sure that he follows up all the time. He's just an example. He sent us last night, oh, happy Heroes Day. Today is Heroes Day in the Philippines, uh, commemorating the start of, of, of a revolution. And uh, this is a big, important holiday in Philippines. Now, why do I know that? Because Kyle stayed on top of this and made sure that we knew this because it's a paid holiday in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. IVA tried to get double pay, but look, she's a smart girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and double pay um, of three or four bucks an hour ain't too bad either. Exactly. Especially when they're doing exactly. a great job, right? She's been doing a wonderful job. In fact, right. I just threw a little bit of money as a bonus to her because there was a sale on something that had five hours left and it wasn't even her working time yet. And I sent her an email and a text message and a Skype message so that I could hit her in any way that she was looking electronically. <laughs> yeah. And I said, please, just normally, I don't care when you work, as long as the hours are in and we're getting the, the production, I don't care what hours you work, that's fine with me. Take care of your family, take care of your child, you know, that's fine. 
but right now I need you searching for products on one particular brand. And she dropped everything and she found me some things. I was able to beat the five hour, I think it was five hour deadline before the sale ended. I got the things in, everything sold out while in FC transfer. She's just been doing a really, really good job for me. And I'm thrilled to say that she's now going through, I'll has her involved in the wholesale training now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be able to incorporate her with researching wholesale accounts. And that I think is going to be a tremendous boost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you talk us through the provenreplinsva.com is the program. I'll stick a link in the show notes, just like everything else we talked about today. But obviously you're a big fan of that program. We've had about 300 plus people go through it at this point. That is up to 300 really good. It's just incredible feedback. Mm-hmm. But basically we're pairing up great sellers in our community who understand the process. You can't do this as a brand new seller. We want you to understand it, go through the process, know, know what you're getting into. But then we assign a virtual assistant to work just for you. The details are at provenreplinsva.com. But talk us through how that process has kind of played out. You, it sounds like you love this person. It's working out beautifully. What do you pay them? What do they do? I literally pay them $4 an hour. That's how much I pay, which sounds like, am I, am I running a slave camp here? Exploding. No, yeah, there's the word. It was like, not, oh, that's so awful, right? You know, so, and some of my friends, when I told them about it, they said, how, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you treat somebody like that? That's like child labor in China. Yep. No, it's not. The average medical doctor unspecialized in the Philippines makes $3.50 per hour. I'm paying four to a girl who's sitting on a computer. You know I've the average hourly wage. You know the average hourly wage in the U.S. I mean, sorry, in the Philippines. Yeah, based on the average hourly wage in the Philippines, there are doctors that are making in the three dollars per yeah. hour area. Well, like one dollar an hour is the average worker wage in the Philippines. Yeah. So you get up into three, four, five, six. I mean, you, you're that's life changing income. I think sometimes we, we forget how powerful that currency really is globally. And it has been for a long time. But the, the Filipinos, they speak English. They're technically savvy. In general, as a culture, they love working for U.S.-based companies because they know they're going to get paid in that currency, which is, from their perspective is very strong. It's powerful. That's the local currency they prefer. And uh, so they're going to work their tail off. And you're going to build a beautiful relationship and a friendship in many cases. Yeah. And we love doing this. Uh, it's just, it's so exciting. It's such a, a win, win, win at every stage. Maybe I'll take a vacation to the Philippines someday. Maybe we'll meet, oh, bring that, her here. I don't know. Many people have. They've grown incredible teams. And, you know, you'll, what you'll find as your business grows, Merrick, is you're going you're gonna to process it through. Like, could my Filipino friends do this? I think they probably could. And you're just going to give it to them. And they'll be thrilled to take on the new responsibilities. So you'll have a team eventually five, six, eight people in the Philippines running your business, doing different aspects, completely automated. Many people in our community have done exactly that. I can see that happening. I can see it growing from there. Um, basically, I just don't have the time to source. And she's been sourcing for me, which, by the way, gets into another topic. Actually, I don't know if you want to want to address this or not, but... Your story. Does the idea of having a VA... Would you feel that it is advisable or not advisable to somebody who hasn't given a shot yet to sourcing on their own? 
I would like you to know the difference between a good product, a, a slightly riskier product, and a bad product before you have someone else working for you doing that. So that way you can shape the decisions they're making based on the parameters that you've established. You know, hey, we need a little higher ROI. Hey, I'd like to see a little higher profit per unit. You know, you need to understand that and be able to watch your numbers. That's the reason we strongly encourage you to go through it yourself, source yourself, find some good replans yourself. And now you're ready. Now that you appreciate, you're ready to pay someone a few dollars per hour to do those steps for you. Does that answer your question? It does. And I think the fact that you believe that and the fact that that's what you talk about further separates what you're doing from the other guys out there that are teaching Amazon sales and that are... 100%. That's why I've been around 18 years. We're actually producing successful (laughs) students and we're prudent and we're conservative and, and we're slow. We believe in slow and steady. Well, what you're not doing is you're not saying... Hey, you can pay somebody to find leads for you. You can pay somebody to go to a store for you. You can pay somebody to put it online. All you have to do is sit back and collect the money. Hey, let's all get rich. No, no. I learned a long time. Anything worth doing is hard work. Anything worth building is hard work. Anything worth, you know, worth putting your effort and energy into, it's going to, there's a learning curve. Yeah. This isn't an investment opportunity. Give us $5,000 and we'll give you a team that does it all. No. You're crazy to try to do that for people. It's just not going to work because if the person at the top doesn't understand the process and hasn't been through and appreciate the system that's being built and understand it and not able to step in and be at least competent at each of the levels, then it's not going to work. You need to understand the business. There's enough challenges there for sure. Yeah. If you're going to be the CEO of your business, then you need to understand every aspect of the business. When it's starting up, that is 100% true. Now, later on, you will find that like with mine, I haven't put tape on a box or picked out one of the products that we sell in years, a couple of years. I mean, that's, that's an exaggeration. When they need my help, I can be helpful. I'll get over there, Christmas Q4 rush. I'll get in there for no problem. I love it actually. I find it therapeutic. And you put me in any store and I'll come out with 30 replants. (laughs) Like I know how to do this stuff, man. Give me enough time. Let me stand there in the aisle, tell the manager, no, I'm good right here. I'm just, I'm (laughs) I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff from you here in a bit. I can find replans. I'm good at it, but I don't, I'm not needed. That's not the best use of my time, but I do understand the process. And I, I think you need to get there before you can reasonably run this business model. It's a philosophy we have, and, and we want to work with people who understand that and don't see it as a, hey, turn my $5,000 into $50,000. Here you go. I'm going to stand back and watch you guys do it. No, we don't offer that service here. That's one of the things that just substantially separates the you know your organization and it's what i believe is probably one of the most credible and the believable things about it is that you're not selling something that's very far-fetched yeah it's going to take work i can't overemphasize it and a lot of people are going to get in and be like "Ah, i don't want to do the work like okay here's your refund part well i can (laughs) I can see myself going in more of a full-time direction with my VA. I can see that coming in very short order. Of course. In fact, that was one of the first things that I spoke with her about when I, when I initially met her. How do you feel? You know, we're, we're starting this part-time, five hours a day, five days a week. But how do you feel about full-time? Are you interested if that's the way the cards fall? Mm-hmm. And she was. And that's good. That, to me, that's a major thing. because. When I build the relationship, I want to grow 
and I need somebody who's going to be able to grow with me, right. not have me start all over from scratch with a brand new person when I'm in growth mode. I'm, I'm hitting the accelerator pedal and now I have to slow down because I have to build a new relationship with somebody else. So that was important to me. Yeah. And, and they work just for you. And I would say, don't hesitate. But if we're talking for, you know, three, four, five dollars an hour, add in new people. They don't work out. Hey, it's not working out. You know, because you will have some of that as you start to grow your own team. But I love that we've taken that the hard work phase out of finding that first person that gets it, that speaks the language. They know how to do the process. They know how to find profitable inventory. They've, you know, how to recognize the number. So that first person is, is kind of spoon fed almost. After that, like we can we can get more for you if you'd like, but I strongly encourage, hey, start growing a team. You're on a leadership journey. Grow your team. Ask, hey, do you know anyone else who wouldn't mind working 10, 20 hours a week? And you could train them. I'll pay you to train them. Pay you an extra dollar an hour <laughs> to train them. To, so well, if you're they, sick or something happens to you, we've got a backup and they can start slowly adding on five, 10 hours a week and seeing if they work out. It's a great way to build stability into the system. But the, you're on a leadership and automation journey, constantly asking yourself, am I the only one that could be doing the things that I'm doing right now? If not, could a Filipino worker do these things? I think they probably could with some training. Let's turn it over to them. And then that okay. thought of being duplicable, is that a word? Duplicable? Duplicate, replicatable, duplicate, replicable. <laughs> yeah, there's a word in there somewhere. One of us yeah. will get it. The idea of being able to replicate flows down to the VA as well. Because when I do hire a second VA, I would want my first VA who spent enough time working with me and understands what types of leads I will and will not purchase mm-hmm. and why. Mm-hmm. I want that person training the new people. Training. No reason not to. Pay him to do that, it. That makes that makes the most amount of sense. She and I have spent the most amount of time. She understands exactly what I would and wouldn't want and why. Yep. She understands how to apply for categories that I'm gated in. You know, she does a lot of things that uh, that really help free up time for me, which is great. Yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate challenge of business in all of world history is to find a way to create happy customers while turning five dollar bills into ten dollar bills. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got a system that does that. You've rec- you've found a beautiful system that does that. So scaling at a nice, slow, steady pace, bringing on good people who understand the system. There's no reason not to have two, then four, then six virtual assistants doing the shopping. You even mentioned earlier, I'll, I'll, I'll run an analogy past you to see if this challenges some of your thinking, Merrick. You said, you know, I don't want to have to spend two, an hour to place an order. I could be doing wholesale it takes me two minutes. I don't want to place, spend an hour placing an order for a bunch of different online products. Well, if you've got a virtual assistant doing it, the challenge becomes, and here's the scenario, I'll run it past you. If you have a chance to turn $5 bills into $10 bills and another opportunity that turns $5 bills into $20 bills and another opportunity turns $5 bills into $50 bills, which one do you do? It's a traditional business challenge. I've heard it actually given, you know, slightly different form, but, but which one would you do, Merrick? That's the question. Five Obviously, and 10, five and 50. 20, five into 50, right? Which do you do? Obviously the five into fifties. Okay. Five into 50. That's the answer most people would give. And it's kind of a trick question because if you start thinking like a business owner, you say, well, it, I'm going to max out the five into 50. And until that's maxed out, that's all I'm doing. But let's assume that maxes out. Does it max out? Yes, it actually does max out at some point. So then you start turning the fives into twenties and you max that out. And then you start turning the fives into tens and you max that out. 
while never letting go of the turning the fives into fifties. You focus on that. You don't let that. So that's the real answer is you dial it in, you build the process as strong as you can, turn in fives into fifties, but assuming there's a cap there somewhere and you can't ramp it up anymore right now comfortably, then you start focusing on the twenties and you do that too. It's an and, and, and not, do you want this or this or this? So yes, you go after the wholesale opportunities and as you're ramping that up as steadily as you can, you're going after the online opportunities as well with a different virtual assistant, perhaps, that you're paying $4 an hour, turning $5 bills into $10 bills. Does that make sense? It does. And that's, it's a mindset it's shift. It's the beginning it's, of a multiple stream approach. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. The idea being when both of those are kicking out all eight cylinders, then you can even look further. Yeah. Look at something else. And you're looking for ways to turn $5 bills into $100 bills too, the whole time, which, you know, that's the whale. You may never find it, but, you know, and those are, those are just you know, random examples, of course, uh, but that's the replens model in a nutshell. You've got some of your replens that you sell that do really well. And some of them, when it's all said and done, you're only making 50 cents. Well, should you turn those off? If you know your numbers and you got a machine that's cranking out 50 cents every few minutes, so yeah, keep that machine running. Why not? But don't do it at the expense of focusing on the really good opportunities, the bigger ones. Very good. Very good. Well, what else do you want to tell us about your story? I appreciate your your insights. You've you've had a lot of positive things to say about the the community and experiences you've had so far. Again, just two months in, but I'm enjoying kind of going on this journey with you. I'm beginning to develop a little bit of a line of thinking, and I'd love to get your opinion on it, if that's okay. I'm wondering if... Many people, in your opinion, focus a little too much more than they should on margins, profit margins. I have a reason for asking the question. It's a a line of thinking that I'm developing, and I don't know that it makes sense. And I'm honestly asking for your expertise. Yeah, give me a little more detail than that as to what your rationale is, because when I hear margins... First thing I hear is, okay, we better make sure we're talking about accurate numbers, which some people never even get there. Assuming we're now talking about accurate numbers, any margin is a good business. Is there enough there to make it worth the time, effort, and energy you're putting into it is the only other question. Is there enough margin there? You know, I I worked for, before you give me more detail, I worked for a company that uh, the last real job I had, it was 20 plus years ago at this point, about 20 years ago, exactly, actually. We worked as a company selling hundreds of millions of dollars of product at less than one point of net margin. <laughs> that was the business model. And it was a great living for me. I was selling Microsoft software, selling, you know, I'd go into a company and get an order for one and a half million dollars, worked five months to get the order. My commission for the, all that hard work was like, you know, $6,000, <laughs> right? So we were operating on the slimmest imaginable of margins, but it was a profitable business. So I'm very comfortable with low margins, but go ahead. Yeah, hopefully I didn't destroy your whole... (laughs) No, that's okay. What I was thinking about, and really my thinking comes from reading a lot of the big group comments and, and posts. And I see a lot of people talking about holding tight. They want their... 25, they want their 30% margin, that they're just going to hold tight to it. And one of the things that I recognized recently when I started using a repricer is that the buy box may be a little bit more price focused 
there are so many considerations and so many things that go into the algorithm for buy box, but it may be a little bit more price focused than I understood. Because now when I'm having a repricer that brings me a little closer to the buy box, I'm seeing exponential growth in amount of sales. Mm -hmm. It started me thinking a little bit more. And I started thinking, okay, but if I want to hold tight to my margins, let's say I choose 35, that's my number, 35% margin. I'm not getting out of bed for less than that. Well, I might sell three products a month like that. Mm -hmm. But if I were to readjust and get myself a little bit more comfortable with, let's say, 21% margin, 24% margin, well, if I'm going to sell, 12 times the amount of products at a lower margin, who's making more money? Yes. Well, this is where you get into, and you can really nerd out on these things, but it does have an impact on where you'll be, say, five years from now to, to kind of think this way. As a general rule, faster money at slower margins outpaces slower money at bigger margins. As a general rule, when I say general rule, I'm talking about our ability to kind of do the math quick and dirty in our head. Most people will think, hey, I'd rather change $5 bills into $50 bills once a month versus change $5 bills into $10 bills every few days. I mean, you first think it through or even $5 bills into $10 bills once a week. You're thinking, well, I'm only making you know, so much money. Well, the thing is your money's turning so much faster under the lower margin, right? The once a week turning five into 10 outpaces once a month turning five into 50 because you're churning your money over. You, you got to remember like, okay, well, once you get that other five in, I'm, I'm turning that into more inventory. So I've got several more wheels spinning at the lower margin. And that's how you ramp up faster. As a general rule, you will make more money turning your money over quickly. But that's kind of built into the replens model. If anything sits there more than a couple months, it's time to drop the price and move on. Go find more replens. It's built in. It's like you're buying a bunch of stocks and if anything sits there and doesn't produce for you, you bring your money back and you buy a different stock. And that's the replens model. Rather than waiting, that stock I bought eight years ago, I know it's going to double eventually and then you're just sitting there and sitting there and waiting and waiting. That's not the business model of replens. So your instinct, now these are all math questions if we use specific numbers and examples, but in general, people tend to err on the side of waiting for the big payoff and the big numbers when they should be just churning it over, turning their money quickly. The velocity of your inventory is a number that you can start to measure and you want to see it moving. And uh, yeah, actually, there's a Hebrew root to this too. A biblical Hebrew principle is, Money and blood are similar words, overlapping meanings, overlapping uses and definitions. Even in English, we see some of this. We put our blood in a blood bank when we store it, right? That's the Hebrew root. If it's not moving, it's dying. If it's not circulating and moving, you don't want inventory just sitting there waiting for the big payoff. Drop your price and move it. You'll always be better off as a general rule. You know, the additional piece to it, it, it sounds like you're corroborating exactly what I was thinking. So I'm, I'm happy to see that I'm developing a, a thought process that's on track. The additional benefit of that, particularly for, for somebody like me who's new, is I get my money back quicker. Right. And I can reinvest my money in more products that's rather than have my money sitting on Amazon shelves. That's right. So yeah. while I certainly wouldn't think, hey, let's just undercut everybody, I'm not saying that. Not by a long shot, we're all here to make money, but within within reason, within a, a 
you know, even a lighter profit margin, speed seems to me to make a lot more sense. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. The uh, opposite advice to this might be, no, no, wait till you get what you think it's worth. And that's kind of, you know, a lot of eBay sellers would kind of have that mentality. It's like, I bought this item for 20. I know eventually it's going to sell for 80. And it's not as crucial there because with the eBay model, it's sitting in my garage and I'm bothering anybody till it sells. That's fine. I got some storage space. It's not like I'm running out of storage space. Well, with Amazon, you're paying for that stuff to sit there. And you could be turning that money over more quickly because we're talking about a bunch of different items. And at any given time, you want to kind of know what your top 20, top 30% are because that's generating 80% of your net revenue. Your top 20%, if you understand the Pareto principle, if you've ever heard it, that top 20% is typically going to generate 80% of your net revenue. So you want to be getting right at the bottom part of your bell curve quickly. And you know the left side of your bell curve Clear it quickly and then focus on that right side, that kind of longer tail of stuff that's getting you that that nice margins. Pound away at that and expand on that. Bring up your other cash. You know, that's a big picture model of you know, watching your net margins. So the super slim margin stuff that you sell excitedly fast, you may end up getting rid of some of that. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. And uh, I'm really happy to see that I'm thinking, I'm sort of working out a plan that works. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully people follow that. I don't want to get too off into the weeds because there's really no wrong way to do it if you're making a profit. But as you scale up, you do want your money turning over as quickly as possible on the highest margin profit possible. Right. So if you're sitting there kind of waiting for a long time, 90 days, it's too long. If you're not making a sale at least once every month on something, you probably need to just move on from it, no matter what the margins are. I don't think I've seen anything. Thankfully, um, maybe that just she or I or whoever is picking good products, I haven't seen anything take a month yet. I've, I've sold through of just about everything that I've had. Yeah, fact, that's I the would... magic of the replans model is you're not making dumb decisions on your inventory buy. You make your money when you buy your inventory. That's what we say around here. Well, it happens sometimes by the time you place an online order. And in my case, I send it to a prep center. And by the time they finish their prep with it and send it out to Amazon and Amazon puts it through a fulfillment center transfer. It could be talking a lot of time. It could be talking weeks. five weeks. Yeah. In that time, I've seen a few examples where the number of sellers on a listing tripled mm-hmm. and the price has already started to tank, but you, you can survive these things. You could just hang back and just watch them, watch everybody else play in the dirt and then you'll sell as soon as they're finished. Yes, absolutely. And that buy box will rotate. If you're selling items that are dropping more than, let's say, 30, 40 times a month, or let's say 30 or more times a month, typically, you're pretty safe to play in the middle of the buy box on those. And you're still going to get some sales, no matter how many other sellers there are. Because Amazon has a lot of warehouses and your inventory is sitting right in the same zip code as somebody. And they're going to buy it for you know, 10, 15, 20% more than the buy box, current buy box, because it's close. As we've been sitting here, I just had a, a delivery person come up to our door. I don't know if it's prime now or not. We get deliveries from everybody, but you know that stuff was all delivered from a warehouse near here because it was ordered by my daughter when this podcast started. <laughs> she said, I'm placing an order. Does anybody need anything? And here it is on our front porch. That didn't come from eight states away. That came from close. So we probably paid a net margin a little higher than the people who would have said, no, I want, I'll, pay, I'll wait two or three days. I want the best price. We didn't want the best price. It got here fast. And if you're, where, if you're sitting in a warehouse near where the buyer is, it doesn't matter where you are in the buy box price rank. 
yours is the one that's going. Person wants it now. Amazon offers that two hour prime now, right? That's you. <laughs> you're up next. I don't care if you're $10 more than the best price. So you get those products that are really moving and you get in the buy box with a bunch of other sellers. You can sell a lot at really nice margins. What, uh, I have a, a really off-the-wall question, if you don't mind. Of course. Am I, am I allowed to throw up a new one? Absolutely. No, it, you know, it's, it's stumped the host today, man. It's just the two of us anyway. <laughs> if we have to edit it out because we, we don't make any ground, we will. But I don't, we don't do that. Typically. I'd love to know your opinion. Just, just based on being in e-commerce for so long and yeah. looking at it the way you do and, and as often as you do. How do you feel that Walmart is positioning themselves to go up against Amazon? Oh, that's a that's an easy question. I thought you were gonna try to stump the host. No, I can have fun with that one. Now, this is just Jim opinion land, but I'm rooting for it. I would love nothing more. It's good for buyers, it's good for sellers. You know, it, it, me as a consumer, I would love to have other options. It's it keeps Amazon honest. I want Walmart to thrive, but I think. Amazon has a bit of a head start, but Walmart has a lot of money that they can throw at the problem. And unlike governments, when businesses throw money at a problem, they tend to start to solve them eventually. And Walmart has a lot of money they can throw at this challenge and they're starting to figure it out. They're starting to make a dent in the whole shopping experience, which is ultimately what's going to drive consumers to start considering Walmart the way they currently look at Amazon. So yeah, you definitely want to be on both platforms. Why not? This isn't a, which one should I do? Should I do this one or should I do that one? No, it's an and problem. As a reseller, we're on eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Walmart, Amazon. If it's profitable, if I can turn $5 bills into $10 bills or even $7 out of my five. Hey, I'm happy. So let's get everywhere. And it is coming. Walmart is picking up steam. They're not losing momentum. They're gaining it. Amazon is still growing, but not as rapidly as they were. Will Walmart catch Amazon? No, but I think they'll hang on to the percent of the market that they have now and probably expand it. So very much worth paying attention to. And it's so much easier to sell on Walmart. In general, it's still kind of the Wild West. You're not getting the IP complaints and the trademark infringement and, you know, can't do that, can't sell that, Ace. And no, it's like, once you're approved, you can get in there and sell a lot of stuff that you can't sell otherwise. On Amazon. So as a seller, yeah, it's a nice platform to get on. And right now happens to be a good time to go in and try to get your Walmart, get permission to set up your account because it used to be a long drawn out process. Right now they're pretty friendly about it. We've got a training module in the proven Amazon course. It's a proven Amazon course, but we have a Walmart training module in there because we're so bullish on the future of where Walmart's heading. So does that help? Wow. That helps a lot. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was a module in the, uh, in part. For that. There, yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. Great. Step you through it, man. Yeah, you need to, you need to get approval to be to to sell on that platform, and you'll be glad you did. Some of the stuff that you'll get back from Amazon, you know, that it, uh, it's it sat there for too long. Bring it back. Or what a lot of people will do is everything that you're selling right now. You probably don't realize this, Merrick, but everything you're selling right now on Amazon, you could list in the Walmart marketplace, and then have Amazon do the fulfillment as it sells. So you get your two or three orders from Walmart a day. You just pull it out of Amazon FBA and ship it to your customer. I can't go into the details of how that works exactly, but it's not complex. It's pr- fairly straightforward stuff, even in a in a unmarked box. So your Walmart customer isn't getting an Amazon box on their front shelf. 
Amazon can wow. see your inventory. They'll do fulfillment based on your terms. Like, hey, I need this in a plain box. I need it to go to this customer. And they'll fire it out there. They won't know that it's a Walmart order. They have no way of knowing that. They just know where you're telling them to send a unit. Wow. Does that sense? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? huh. Put a Amazon VA in charge of that. Of scale it up. Amazon found a way of making money on the Walmart orders. Well, yeah, we found a way to make money from Amazon inventory by selling it on Walmart. Yeah. yeah Amazon yeah. doesn't care who, you know, they, they get paid for, for storing the item. Even if it doesn't sell through their platform, they're happy to do the fulfillment for a couple bucks and customers happy shows up in a box. They don't know it came wow. from Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Pretty fun. It's so expansive. That's, There's that's always new angles. Wild. Yep. That's actually mind blowing. That's interesting. <laughs> it makes sense, though. I mean, if you're if you're Amazon, why not? You're, sure. You know, you're basically Amazon's holding your inventory for you, and some of it they're selling themselves, and others you're selling it yourself on maybe on your own website, maybe through a Shopify store, maybe on Walmart. You just say, "Hey, got another order today, Fred Smith in Washington. Here, boom, here's the address. Fire it out to this guy. Okay, it's going to cost you a couple bucks. We'll prep it, ship it. Boom, done. That's what they do. They're in the logistics business." That's a service that you can purchase right now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fulfillment by Amazon is exactly that. That's what FBA originally started off with for a lot of people was they're just a warehouse to store and you ship it on your own website. I said, well, we've listed on our website too. Why not? That's how they started getting all this inventory. Wow. Wow. Pretty amazing. where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the right business to be in, man. It's the way the world is heading. And it blows my mind too that we're only about 15% of economic activity, retail economic activity in the US, 15% is online. That's it. 15? It took a five-year leap into the future with COVID. We were at about 11, 10, 11 before COVID. And we took a really nice spike. Yeah, we're at 15 now. Most people guess 40, 50. Are you saying in, in all e-commerce or are you saying Amazon's share of the pie? Uh, if we're talking all e-commerce in the US, 15% is online. All retail activity wow. in the United States, retail buying, retail spending, 15% is online. Of that 15, Amazon is close to half of that. Everyone else wow. shares the other, the rest of it. Yeah, pretty crazy. And it's in its infancy. That's the point I'm making. The next five, 10 years for this, you know, we're just now getting into the wild west of all of this. And people are making incredible businesses. Yeah, pretty amazing, huh? So you've got some really interesting insight into this. What, what fires you up the most? Good question. If, if I'm speaking from the heart, and because this isn't about, oh, I love Jeff Bezos. I want to help him make the biggest company in the history of the world, although it's a pretty impressive thing. <laughs> what I love personally for me is families being under the same roof a lot. Strong, healthy marriages, kids that love each other and love their parents. And you've got every advantage to make those things happen with more time spent together, right? Because what our culture does, and you've even expressed, you know, and this isn't to dive into a marriage counseling session by any means, but, you know, it's a lot harder to build a relationship with somebody that you see, say, five hours a week versus someone that you say, that you see, say, 50 hours a week, right? It's, it's just a little more of a challenge. I'm not saying it can't be done. It's just more challenging. Like, yeah, I just don't see you very often. Kid, I don't see my kids very often. I want families under the same roof doing life together, going to business together, building a future together. And I've seen the benefit over 20 years of that in our house. Our, our, the best friends that my five kids have are each other. 
and their friend circles overlap and intertwine. They haven't gone five different directions their whole life. They've been in the roof, the best teacher they could have their mom, right? Super smart, way smarter than me, graduated top for a class, but she stayed home and homeschooled our kids. And I saw the benefit of that. And I said, if I can help other people have this or have at least their version of this in some way, help them achieve, get a little closer than maybe they would have otherwise been to having a version of this for their family, that's what gets me fired up. What makes that possible? E-commerce in a beautiful way. Because the kids can step in. My kids have all shipped and packed boxes and sourced product. And you know, it's a fallback business for all of them. And a couple of them have taken it and ran with it in new directions, entrepreneurial, doing really well. Um, so that's what I get excited about. I don't know if that's what you're asking or not, but that's, that's absolutely what I'm asking. That's my passion. For that's why I do what I do. Hmm. I even call it bringing dads home because at some point you start to feel this tug of like, what I'm doing for my real job isn't anywhere near as exciting as the prospect of making more money, working fewer hours from home with my family nearby. Seriously, like I, you start to connect those dots. That's a pretty serious tug, man. I know what it feels like to make it happen. If I can help make that happen, you know, that's, that's my passion. The opposite of that is something that I just saw this morning and said, you're working 50 or 60 hours a week for a company that would forget about you in moments if you were to die. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah. Oh, it reminds me of that old story about the, the guy that goes into his boss and asks for a raise. And he said, hey, give me a raise or I'm out of here. And the boss slides a cup of water across the desk to him and says, I'm gonna, I want to show you something. Put your finger in the water. He's like, put my finger in the water? He's like, yeah, stick your finger in the glass of water. And he's like, all right. He puts his finger in the water. He says, now pull it out real fast. What? It's like, pull your finger out. Like, boom, pulls it out. He said, did you see how fast the water closed in around the hole you made? That's how fast we'll replace you. Get back to work. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to reject a raise, right? But no, I mean, Really, I mean, you, you're you getting paid to perform a function. And if you leave, you're going to be replaced. I mean, it's nothing personal, nothing emotional. So, yeah, we built some relationships over the years, but business goes on, man. Customers got to be served. And it makes sense. I'd rather be doing that with family nearby, you know, if at all possible. Not everyone can. God bless the single parents out there doing what they got to do, working three jobs, never seeing their kids. Man, I don't know how you do it. But I'd like to think I can offer an alternative, some ideas that might uh, help paint a different reality for folks. Fantastic. I love that your success is building other people's success. Yeah. That's give enough people uh, what they want. You'll have everything you need, man. That's uh, that's a Zig Ziglar, helping enough people find what they want. It's a blessed way to live, buddy. Well, what else you want to cover, man? Anything else on your list today? I think um, I did have a little bit of a list, but we kind of, kind of hit everything that I had. Where do you want your business to be? Let's say, like, let's set a, a six-month, one-year goal. Have you had did some thinking? What kind of trajectory are you on? Well, the most important thing to me right now is my daughter's college. She's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. She's looking at colleges that are not going to be cheap. <laughs> not that any college is, but right. they're not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. And while I have some money put away, I don't have enough that I can say, I'm going to let her start her career without any debt and without getting all political about it. Sure. I want to pay and feel that I should be paying my debts and her school debts are my debts. So therefore, you know, I want to be able to build enough mm. that I don't have that to worry about. 
And she doesn't have that to worry about. The last thing, because I have one child, the last thing I want to do is bury them in debt, paying for their own education. That's my responsibility. That's the way I'm looking. Yeah. So that's my biggest goal is to be able to build enough money right now to be able to not have her worry about it when she, when she, that would be your your why. That's your why, your motivating why, right? I mean, that's that's, that's at the heart why. of what you're trying to do here. It, 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 what kind of numbers are you hoping for? Like this, you know, you're a couple months in. We're in uh, August, coming up on September 2022 right now. So maybe for the year, what are you kind of trying to hit? Maybe what do you envision for next year? Sometimes just speaking these things kind of creates that creative fuel and energy to set about making them happen. Have you have you kind of have those thoughts yet? Well, so based on based on purely numbers that I feel like I need to, to live and what runs my family and things like that. I know that my very first of the bigger goals is $1 million. A year. Yeah. That's where I need to. That's a lofty goal for somebody with two and a half for three months or whatever this is, but I'm doubling every month. Yeah. And you can see that you can see how it plays out in your mind. There's a path to get there. Yeah. I'm looking at right now, this month, I'm going to do approximately four times what I did last month. That won't last forever, obviously, but I could probably swing that for a few more months. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then I would like to be on a path to do a million dollars per year. Mm. Before I would think about pulling a penny out of the business, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to rely on any of my income from, from my Amazon business. Right. Um, in fact, I can put more money in if I chose to do so. If my bottlenecks weren't someplace else, then I'd put more money in and just go forward. But, you know, I've got other bottlenecks. Right, right. But right. I think that a million dollars is a good goal for me to start with right now. Yeah, absolutely it is. And we have many people in our community who have done that. Are we saying anybody can do this? No, it's going to take work, effort, energy. You're going to make mistakes. It's Your attitude's going to matter a whole lot more than I used to think it did. I used to think, ah, attitude doesn't matter. Just, uh, you know, here's the steps, follow the steps. But no, attitude matters. Determination and uh, discipline and having good habits. You know, those kind of things really fuel, feed and fuel into running a successful business. And so people who, who kind of have those things lined up, man, you, this model works. And you're just the latest evidence of that. And congratulations to you, man. You've taken off really fast and you're building a beautiful business. So it's it cool getting to know you today, man. Was there any other pressing questions or anything else you want to kind of dive into before we wrap it up? I do need to head off to another appointment here before long. No, not at all. I think that uh, this was really enlightening for me. I hope that it was it hit all of the points that, that you'd like to hit. It certainly hit mine. Uh, I'm walking out of here feeling great. Awesome, man. Well, good. Yeah. My goal for these episodes is just, I try to imagine the listener and I'm thinking through, you know, did this encourage and, and equip them and uh, maybe entertain them a little bit, although that's not a real big concern. You know, you can go do that some other place, but we want to just get you energized that this is possible. And if you put in the work and effort and energy, you can build something special. So I think we hit that for sure today. I think you're going to encourage a lot of people. So I really appreciate you spending some time telling your story. And if you need anything, please reach out. It was a pleasure getting to know you today, man. Thank you so much, Jim. It's really a pleasure. Pleasure doing this. This is great. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Merrick. So I'll talk to the listeners for a, a minute here as we start to wrap this one up. Uh, we had a great time hanging out today. Thanks for joining us. You gave us a very valuable gift today. That's a little bit of your time. And for that, we're grateful. And my prayer for you is that that is a tremendous investment that pays off 10, 100 fold for the ideas and the 
the creativity and maybe the the uh, motivation that you needed to get started in this or something else, whatever that is that you feel called to do as a result of hearing this today. We'd love to hear from you. If you appreciate or enjoyed this episode, you can go to silentgym.com, jump into our Facebook group and leave us a comment there or contact me personally. All the contact information is there. If you're ready to get going, I would strongly encourage get the proven Amazon course. That's what Merrick did. Start going through the modules. Or if you want to coach, you got coaching. Merrick talked today about our replens virtual assistance. That's it provenreplensva.com. Go check that out. All those links are in the show notes. But from the whole team, the podcast team, and everyone else, all our administrators and coaches and content creators, God bless all the business building warriors out there. We're in your corner. We're here to support you. Can't wait to do another great episode again real soon. Hey, Merrick, one last time. Great job today, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much, Jim. Take care. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.